When one rises above the three gunas that originate in the body, one is freed from birth, old age, disease, and death, and attains enlightenment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mat podcast, hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome Hi, back. Guys. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, How you doing, Jaren? Good. Good. Enjoying the sunshine here in Ocean City. How's Miami? You know, it is it's great. I've decided that I, I just need to embrace the weather pattern here because I moved here because I don't prefer the cold, which... I don't. I can't be cold for six months a year. I just think I was a little bit ill-prepared for how hot it actually is. And it's almost like Montreal, but in reverse, because like snow is fine once in a while, you know, or snow is fine for a month or two. But then when you have to shovel it till March, it's too much. Now, this is the thing. Really, really humid, heavy heat is fine for a little bit, but it just lasts a very long time. Which is very interesting. Because we're talking about cycles today a little bit. And oh, you're talking yeah, yeah, you're talking about it's kind of seasonal. Um, which yeah, Miami would be hard for me because I like four seasons. Um, know. you know, so I'm sure you will be mourning when we're all in sweater weather and plaid well, shirts. What? My what? plan is to make a lot of money with this podcast, become a millionaire, okay. and then I can travel. Yes. I can go to the fall and go to the winter whenever I please. And uh... hashtag hashtag goals, right? I mean, that's, yeah, we all have it. But I think the um, the quote leading into today was from the Bhagavad Gita, which yes. is it's for the people tuning in, which is just kind of that one of these sacred texts that we. Um, often used in it, it's pretty much a staple in a 200 hour training. Um, I think for yoga teachers, but it's, 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 we're not going to get into the exact story, but the quote that the listeners heard was from Lord Krishna telling um, Arjuna about the, these three qualities called the gunas. So I think it's good for us to start just by like, before we talk about how it shows up in yoga and in life, like defining what the gunas are. So do you want to kind of give that little descript to the, to our listeners, like what are the gunas? So you can think about the gunas as like manifestations of consciousness that can range from anything like a thought or like a, a physical matter, energetic expression of like the essential qualities that we have is the way that I understand it. Um, It's an element of reality that can affect like our psychological, emotional, or energetic state. Does that make sense? Does that kind of cover it? Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like an element of reality. Like, yeah, they define it as like different states of consciousness, different, different elements um, that you may feel, not just feel that you, that you are. So I think, and, and I think they have a psychological component, an emotional component to them and an energetic component. So when Krishna is talking to, you know, Arjuna about that, and also, I think it's important to point out, he's saying they originate in the body, which is so important because that gives us a sense of control to kind of navigate them. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to define kind of what the three gunas are, what these three states are. But 
yes, there is kind of a goal to, to, to cultivate one of them, but you have to manage all of them. Yes. And you have all of them. Every, everything is in everything that is outside of you is inside of you. You don't just have one of one thing. Like if you look at astrology, when people say like, well, I'm not a Virgo, believe it or not, there's a Virgo somewhere in your chart though. Like everything yeah. is a fractal of something. So these, these three elements or these three states of consciousness we're going to talk about, they're in all of us. It's not like we only have the magical one. Uh, so I think that's good to point out. And really the three states, do you want to kind of go through what these three states are maybe to just like simply define them for people? Yeah. And I also want to point out like for the listeners that are tuning in and they're like, oh my God, what am I getting myself <laughs> into? It's okay if you're not even aware before you tune in that what the gunas are. For a long time when I was practicing, I had no idea and kind of a concept that came about a little later in my practice and, and my teachings. And what Jared and I are doing today is just kind of bringing it into your field of awareness and trying to explain in very simple terms, like how this can relate to your life, because that's what we do at Beyond the Mat. We take something that was written in the Bhagavad Gita, which is a very sacred text, and we try to bring it into something that's relevant into our lives. And so I just encourage you to to be curious and to not be like, oh my God, what are they talking about? Because I know that it can be um, sometimes a little jarring, but um, right. We'll do, yeah. Yeah. And what, what we'll do is we are going to like lose the Sanskrit boat and just kind of um, throughout the podcast so that they understand what the three components are. We don't have to keep referencing them as something that's like, what is that word? Like, it's going to be pretty clear. So there are three states that kind of work ourselves in a cycle, right? And the first one that we're going to bring to mind is sattva, which could be considered as pureness or simply to be, okay? The second one is rajas, which is activity or to do. And the third one is tamas, which is darkness, heaviness, destruction, or to have. And you can tell pretty quickly how they differ and how they also work in a pattern together. And an um, even, even simpler way is pureness, activity, and inactivity. That mm-hmm. could be even simpler put is like, I always define it to people as sunshine is the pureness. Like, oh my God, we all want the sunshine. And the activity is like a tornado, which is to do out doing in the world. And then the darkness or the heaviness is like a big old boulder. It's a rock. But I think for pe- people who use images, we're talking about, you know, the image of sunlight, of pureness, the image of activity, of spinning, of, of a tornado, but in a very good way, bad way, whatever. And then that image of darkness being this boulder, this really heaviness. I think that's also some good visuals for people. Even as we start this conversation, you know, maybe you can start to think to yourself, okay, how does that show up in my life? Or how does that show up for me in my own self? Do I have moments where I feel pureness? Do I have moments where I feel super active or a little bit heavier? And that kind of spark something for you to think about or... Yeah, it's good to like have it a moment of self-reflection. Like I can like think uh, like personally I tend to be more rajasic or like the tornado spinning um yeah, so, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah uh, 
So I have to work on, believe it or not, even though it might sound like, Ugh, work on bringing in the energy of the bolt of the tamasic energy, like slow down, rest, digest. Um, and then definitely I want to aim to have those beautiful pure moments too. But I, you know, usually you do have a dominant energy type, but they also change throughout your life. And I think like in, it's important to note that kind of the gunas show up in, in a yoga practice. I guess, can you talk a little bit about the gunas as someone who might practice yoga? Cause this is beyond the mat. So we start with on the mat, like how those energy states either show up for yogis. Yeah, for sure. I think, like we mentioned before, they kind of come in a cycle. And you could relate that cycle to even like just an hour physical asana practice. We start in a state that's typically pretty slow. I mean, at least when I teach, like I start lower to the ground slower, right, which would be Thomas, we start kind of heavy. And then we create that pattern. We bring in the standing series where there's a lot of things that are happening. And we hope to get people to a point where they can experience a moment of pureness. So it's the energy of like expansion Mm -hmm. and then hopefully a moment of pureness and then the energy of contraction. And it's kind of cool to think about it that way too. But we always say, you know, Shavasana or the last pose of the class is a rebirth. So then you start again, you went down and then you start again, and you just kind of keep on going in that cycle. And that would be valid for like an asana practice that's well balanced in that way. You can have practices that are designed to bring you towards one of these states or manifestations of consciousness. So like if you do a yin practice, for example, that would increase your, your boulder, right. That would bring you a little bit closer Mm -hmm. to um, the Thomas energy. If you do a 108 sun salutation, well, that would definitely bring you closer to your to-do, to your Rajas energy. But sometimes those practice that can be, quote unquote, more extreme or just f- or heavily focused on one component are good to use if you feel a little stuck. Because you were saying you are someone that tends to be in Rajas a lot in the little tornado of doing. I think I'm someone that will swing really heavy one way or another and get kind of little, get comfortable. Right. You know, so I'll go really active and I'll get comfortable there. And I'll stay there until I am physically unable to maintain that. And then I fall really far into Thomas. And I have definitely seen that with you. As your friend, (laughs) I have seen the pendulum and it's not a good or a bad thing. And I think, you know, me, it's very rarely Tomasi. But yes, I think that's like so good to know. We want to make like two points. Like this is a cycle. Yes. And you're going to cycle through it. But also the goal is to cultivate the pureness. The goal is to cultivate the sunlight, the sattva energy. Um, And I think that's kind of leads us into like, okay, hey, I I have this type of energy. I'm rajasic, I'm tamasic, I'm heavy, I'm active. Like, okay, how do I cultivate? um, Well, first of all, before we even talk about the how, I think you made a really good point, Emmanuel, when you were saying earlier, when we were chatting, it's really not a one and done thing. Like this cultivation of sunlight. Do you want to say anything about like, 
that the same thing with the path to enlightenment, like all these things that we're all trying yeah. to get. The quote that Jared brought to the table, I felt was so relevant. Like when I saw it on the notes for today, I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect because we tend to think that the pureness, right, or the sattva is the goal. And people get really kind of either attached or confused or both to the idea that you have to stay in that state. You have to find a way to like focus there and stay there. But just like enlightenment, and I think Jared and I have had this conversation before, no one that's living in this physical world is going to be enlightened. Um, and so we work towards it and we get little snippets of it, little taste, little moments that feel very free and pure. But the thing is, is like we eventually fall out and we eventually start over. And if we were to be very enlightened, then we wouldn't be here anymore. That's yes. what I think. <laughs> yes. And that was a really good, I was doing a teacher training and someone had asked, well, why can't we have enlightenment permanently? I'm like, because we're, you know, we're human. So we have human experiences that we cannot have it as a permanent experience or we would be an angel or whatever you believe in. <laughs> yeah, we would, yeah, we wouldn't be here. Um, and we're here to have those experiences, but we have so many tools to help mediate those experiences. And I think the gunas are just a system of understanding what's going on and kind of putting things into action so that we can get ourselves into that space that feels... Uh, pure. Okay. And sattva right. really is a place where you become aware that the happiness is from within and you can go a little bit deeper into whatever spirituality speaks right. to you. Doesn't matter what it is, but it's a state where you're kind of willing to embark on a deeper journey towards that. Yeah. Um, and but it, can it is, be, go it ahead. can be very, it can be very practical. Like when we're talking to people, how do you cultivate the sattva or like that sunshiny, pure energy? It can really be look at your environment, uh, you know, look at the activities you're engaging in. Um, are they serving you? You know, I think um, I think you brought Lizzie into a training one time and she talked to the yogis about like um I don't like energy as currency and who are you willing to give your energy to? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really, that, that's like so relevant. That's how you cultivate fairness is like, are you hanging around the types of people that you want to be around and do they make you feel good? That's one way to cultivate pureness and energy. Are you engaging in healthy acts of whatever it is, exercise, being in, in the environment, being in nature? Um, and then are you, taking care of your physical body. Like the, these are ways to cultivate. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I love that. It's not a my way or the highway kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is okay. Yeah. You can cultivate pureness by eating some th things that make you feel pure and make you feel good you can cultivate pureness by hanging out with people that make you feel happy and joyful. Um, and you can do that by going outside. So if you're someone that's like right now, I don't have time or I'm not interested in a diet change. Okay, cool. There's like 16 other things that you can do. And um, I was telling Jared, you know, my teacher, Dylan Warner has written a book in which there's a whole section on how to balance your gunas with breath practices just through pranayama you know, as one component to 
balance the cycles and and live a more um, sattvic life or spend longer periods of time in sattva compared to to the two other ones. And even so. and even in like like you said, it doesn't have to be these extreme these big things. Even in psychotherapy, one thing I teach people is self talk. That's how you cultivate sattva is through self-talk. It's like reframing how you're talking to yourself through positive thought. Or even if you can't do positive thought, having at least neutral thought, you know, or if you're having anxiety, um, interrupting the thought through self-talk. Like rather than worrying about, that's a rajasic state, by the way, anxiety. Tamasic mm -hmm. state is depression. Um, mm -hmm. So rajasic state, how you would interrupt a thought with that would be, I'm worried about the future. Oh my God, this bad thing's going to happen. You would go, wait a minute. What if it all works out? And there's this woman, I don't think I referenced her yet, Emmanuel, but I'm really upset with her because I think she's a millionaire now. And she developed this technique and me and my clients are laughing because it's thought interruption, but it's called the five, four, three, two, one technique. Have you heard about this or no? <laughs> No, you're about to, and you're about she to find this podcast. She'll probably be upset, but um, it's like, <laughs> it's like groundbreaking news, but it's basically for rajasic or anxious thinkers. It's like when you're having an anxious thought, you go five, four, three, two, one. What if it all works out? That's it. <laughs> what? That's like, that's, oh, yes you interrupt no. the anxious thoughts. So I think she is onto something like, just that that is a way to cultivate she's all over tiktok too but um oh my god you know i don't have tiktok do you have tiktok oh my god of course but i don't post videos but um, so you're just a you're just a looker a lawyer yeah a lawyer okay <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that but it sounds a little creepy so <laughs> but um oh <laughs> uh, what the heck right but i think like that like it, it can be through breath work like you said it can be through changing your thought process or like mm -hmm. no positive affirmations. If you're like super tomasic or depressed, you're like, I'm going to make today the best day that it's going to be, or I'm going to get out of bed today and make my bed. Like when people come into therapy with me and they have more of this tomasic boulder like energy, the first assignment I give them is to make their bed. Yeah, that's so and good. And I have somebody right now about a year and a half in, She's way beyond making her bed. She's, you know, that was just the starting point of getting her out of that cycle of heaviness. She's now doing lots and lots of stuff. Um, so I think, like you said, the cultivation of sattva or, or that pureness doesn't have to be these huge diet changes, huge exercise changes. It can be little things um, totally. in your life. And then I and think if you want to also talk a little bit about, you can also cultivate sattva or go on the journey there through reducing other two states of energy like do you want to talk about that at all like how you can go into going toward this this pureness by looking at reducing the heaviness and the activity in your life it's it's just kind of like balancing it out right so mm -hmm. it could be reducing or increasing yes it could yes. be either um, and so if we think of someone that is, let's start with Rajas, that is just like a walking tornado of, of activity and they are looking for ways to move towards a state that is more balanced, they would need to reduce their tornado to like a summer breeze <laughs> and up 
their boulder. I'm just trying to use like the the easier yes. terms, but up their their tama a little bit and find a place of relaxation, of recovery, or a, a term that's very broadly used is grounding. That's used in like healing or, or different modalities. Like they would need to ground a little bit. So things that you can do to reduce the tornado and turn it into a breeze. Um, chances are, if you're like Jared, you're doing a lot. You could probably do less. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like the, yeah, would be like if you maybe don't exercise as much, maybe right. reduce your workload if you're super tornado-like, um, even stimuli. Like what types of music are you listening to? Like I'm not, you know, I probably shouldn't be listening to Reputation all the time. Yeah, we do anyways, though. <laughs> by, by Taylor Swift, because that that's kind of an that's that's like an ampy album. Like I probably need to tap into the folklore a little bit. Album, get some soothing music for my rajasic energy. Like you know, it can be simple things like that, and then not to talk like deeply about it, but um, it's also about like the types of foods you eat, they say, like, maybe you avoid spicy foods if you're super energetic type A personality. It's not like permanently, but just to juxtapose, you know, too much tornado-ness. Right. And I think like, it's going to be different for everybody too. So maybe you pick one thing that you're like, oh yeah, like I feel like, um, spinning and spinning is not a bad thing, but spinning out of control is a bad thing. Right. And so if you're feeling like you're nearing the tornado where you're like kind of bringing everything into this flow, that's not really serving you. Then maybe you pick one brake pedal to push on and see how that works out for you. Maybe instead of doing, I don't know, an athletic circuit class, you do a yin yoga class. You know what I mean? And see how that works. It may work great. It may not work. You may be like, huh, that really didn't change anything for me. You may get into, um, you know, instead of going out to secrets on a Friday night, um, you join a book club. And so that your interaction with people are just a little bit mellower and that may make a bigger change for you, you know? And so you can play around with things. And if neither of those things work, then you can tap into your food and see what works in a way, or you can tap into a breath practice. But really the idea is with the the rajas and like turning it down is like taking the dial and like almost like decreasing the volume. If you think of like an old stereo and like it's super loud and you want to just like dial it down a little bit. Yeah. I love that analogy. Like turn the volume down rather. And, and then people that have that more bolder heaviness in their life, maybe too much, they have to turn the volume up, which, right. you know, the opposite of grounding is activeness right like these aren't like oh my god earth shattering you balance them with the opposite i mean right like <laughs> we're not yeah we're not yeah. really inventing <laughs> but, anything here but it's just interesting i think that it's something that was presented so long ago you know what i mean like if you think yeah. about it that was in the bhagavad gita and those are things that we know but we tend to forget and well we are here all, we don't listen you. Oh, we yeah. don't listen how many people hello me you we know that our pattern and it's like we keep coming back to it. So these are good reminders. If you can make any step in the right direction to change some of these states when you're in them, you're making a step. 
I think that's important for people to know. Like, even if you are super tomastic and have this heaviness and you sleep a lot, if you're willing to get up a little bit earlier and walk the dog or like, like that's going to help you move out of that, that state and into the next cycle. And, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be, I I always tell people small steps. Right. Small steps. And yeah, just just one day at the time and mm-hmm. i think that that's why we invited you to to take a moment of self reflection at the beginning of the episodes because in breaking patterns you have to know your patterns and so you have to recognize kind of where you're at and what you're working with as a baseline in order to implement a change that's going to make sense to you and it would be nice if there was a recipe that worked for everyone but that's just not the case and so you have to be present with yourself and say okay this is where I'm at. And that's going to change too. Right. It's yeah. Like, gonna... see, I think you, you and I've talked about this. It's like seasons of your life. Yep. Like sometimes you're going to have a really successful year of movement and maybe another year. It's just a little slower. And then maybe you have that really magical golden year. And that's that like optic year where you're like, yeah. you know, and, and know that life will rotate through those and this comes back to the quote from the beginning though, is like, we have to work on our attachment to those states. That's exactly what I was going to get to. I was like, there's one more thing that we need to touch on before we wrap this up with a bow. And it's like this idea of like creating attachment through um, the cycles or the parts of the cycles that we experience. And I do think if you take it even to like a broader spectrum, our society is putting such a big emphasis on the doing. And if you think about like other episodes that we've produced before about how sometimes doing less can be perceived as like selfish or not good enough and taking time off is a waste of time. There's this quote that's circulating all the time. Don't mistake someone's time or free time for their availability where we kind of are always like, oh, you got an hour, you should do this. You know what I mean? Or you should do more. And I think that we're very geared toward that sense of doing and we place a lot of value in that. So I think that there's a lot of people that are like you, that are kind of little tornadoes and that have a lot going on. And then that creates attachment. A lot of people are also very attached to like their to-do list right? All this needs to get done or I can't go to bed or they're very attached to their exercise routine, which I mean, I work, we both work in the health and fitness industry. Like, of course, like moving your body is important, but it's something that's important to explore is like the things that you're attached to. Are they keeping you in one part of the cycle? Yes. Right. Right. And, and, and the goal is to move through it, the cycle. It's not to hang out in one part um because sometimes then i don't want to be like bad things happen but kind of um you know unhealthiness happens or imbalance happens Imbalances, so yeah yeah so it's like don't be attached to the the the, the rajasicness of your life like the, the, the to do to do to do to do um you know that type of stuff and then to also if you're like the other extreme is you know don't be the opposite of that and be someone who just checks out 
Like, don't just surrender that you're an introverted person who just like, right. com- like you got to participate. You got to be not attached to that either. Like even blaming your Zodiac sign. I get it. We all do it, but it's like, you can't be right. Like you can't be attached yeah. to that. Like I'm a cancer. So of course I'd like to stay at home or like whatever it is. Like you have to be willing to, to be unattached. Um, and like, I to be to, to to just like you, I love how you label them like to have to do to be. I feel like we have we all have to work so hard at that lot that to be to be just let yourself be right. Like have it like have a cup of coffee and that's it. No cell phone when you're watching the sunrise or like it's these little r- random acts or listen to the birds chirp. Like be to be in a yoga class. I mean that's why I love yoga so much. Is that it is. It is sometimes the one time that people are able to be. I think you and I talked about this in the first episode. The yeah. premiere was that disembodiment and embodiment. Sometimes that's the only time they can just sink in. I'm going to say something really cheesy, but I had, you know, a moment this week where I took class from my friend, Dan, who teaches here in Miami. And I take his class quite often. Um, and something happened where something that I had been working on for a while just worked out. Right. And I got into this point in class and nothing. Okay. First off it happened. It lasted maybe 10 seconds and then it was over. Right. And then nothing, nothing changed. You know what I mean? But that was something that I've been working on for a very, very, very long time. And then it happened. And I had this moment of like, it was funny because I got back into my downward facing dog and I was like, oh my God, I think I love Dan. I think I, I think I love yoga. Like, I think I love everyone. Mm-hmm. Like this is the best day. And then I cried a little bit, you know, and yeah. this was like a, a 10 second moment of sunshine mm-hmm. and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I looked at on mind body because like you can track if if you sign up for a yoga class most likely you're using that app and I looked at how many classes I'd taken and give or take minus my trainings I'm at 1500 right now and that there's a bunch of classes that are not on there but if you think about that like that's something that you've worked on for so long showing up through classes where I felt really energetic or classes where I felt really mellow and trying and trying and showing up to eventually get a moment of clarity that's like 10 seconds long. And then guess what? Get on the cycle and start again. Start again. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, but at least now you know. (laughs) Now you know, you know, and I think that's just a very real depiction of how it actually works. It's not that you're going to come in balance and then you're going to have these long moments of sunshine and your life is going to be super easy. Typically life's not that easy. No life is too. I think what um, somebody's once said like life, the, the goal of life is to be lived. Mm-hmm. And when you say it like that, boy, does that take the pressure off? You're like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm living. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that like hits it. Um, you know, definitely let us know if you guys have thoughts on like, what was your last, um, moment of, of being, when did you experience it last? 
Oh my gosh, my last moment of being. Well, I did breath exercise yesterday on the porch outside and there is a bee's nest that has fallen, but we've allowed it to fall on the porch. So just observing these wasps, believe it or not, and we're not like scared of them because they're far enough away. Uh But I think that was like the last time. And I looked up at the sky as well. Um, and it felt, I saw an airplane go by that has like the, the, the smoke behind it. Mm-hmm. I would say that was a moment of being, what about you? Was yours the yoga class or was there something? Yeah. And you know, there's moments where I, I woke up today and the, the, the view I'm on a third floor right now. And so it's almost like I'm in a, a little bit of a tree house. And when I opened my blinds, it was like palm trees and, and the clouds and I'd just gotten done meditating and it just, it really is just an inhale and an exhale and a moment of like pure contentment of just being like, I'm okay. And then it's, and then you carry on. And I think that what I'd like to end on, at least for me, and then you can add on to that if you want to, is like, it's okay to go through the cycle. You're supposed to go through the cycle. So embrace the moments that are active, that are less active, whether you prefer them or not, isn't really (laughs) of the essence is how can you navigate them the best that you can? So I like that better. I like that better than embrace navigate them the best you can, I think is good navigation versus embracing. Yeah. And find moments where you feel truly like you can just let yourself be. No, I think that wraps it up perfectly. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. We love doing this and we love having you. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace out. Yo. Mm. Later, Gator. Bye.